Hi, welcome back to The Cake with Joe and Jane, or otherwise known as Ian and Jane. It's called The Cake because there is a cake for everyone. Whether it's walnut, chocolate, fruit or red velvet, cake is definitely something that we think unites us here at Salisbury District Hospital. So thanks very much for uh, joining us again. In a moment, we'll introduce you to the amazing guests we've lined up for this episode. But before we get into that, we should probably introduce ourselves again. So, hi, I'm Jane. I am one of the divisional heads of nursing here at Salisbury Hospital. And I'm Ian, also known as Joe, uh, who's the deputy to the chief people officer. And joining us on this episode, we have Hannah Boyd, the divisional director of operations for our women and newborn division, and Helen O'Shea, who's one of our improvement practitioners with the Coach House. But as we all know, people are far more than just their job title. So starting with Hannah, what's the one thing that people might not know about you? Uh, So the one thing people may not know about me is that about 15 years ago, I had a total hip replacement um, on my left side. And so, yeah, now like the bionic woman. I did not know that. And I've known you a long time. Yes, because it's such a great job and I walk so perfectly that people don't know it. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And do you have to go through a special thing at the airport? Is it is, is there metal in yeah. there? So you... Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I do go through. Uh, well, I go through what everyone else goes through at the yeah. airport, but it always goes off. So then I have to explain to them the reason why. And then, yeah, just scanned like everybody else, really. Yeah. Excellent. And yourself, Helen, what's the one thing that people may not know about you? The one thing that people may not know about me is that I am a bit uh, obsessed with gymnastics, both watching and doing. And if you asked me to, I could walk down the corridor outside here on my hands. Wow. (laughs) Sadly, the medium of radio is not going to allow us to test you on that and watch you moving down the corridor. (laughs) So so are you absolutely hooked when the Olympics are on and gymnastics are on the Olympics? Yes, uh, incredibly. In fact, I did a... um, job interview the other day don't worry I'm not going anywhere and uh, I had to present and I was given an option as to what to present on and I presented on gymnastics I taught the panel how to judge gymnastics routines and I got the job so I'm now senior improvement practitioner oh congratulations well done that's great news fab so really good opportunity to get to know you and why you do what you do today so if you were in an interview I'll start with Hannah and someone asked you about your CV what sort of jobs have you done to date to get you to where you are? So my background is actually as a clinical midwife so I trained um, here in Salisbury actually lived down in the flats just by ED with a whole load of other uh, student midwives and nurses and other professionals so I qualified in the year 2000 and I stayed at Salisbury for a number of years working as a clinical midwife and then I decided to move trusts and go and work in a birth centre because um, I was really passionate about low-risk midwifery at the time and then I got a bit of a flavour really for operational work Um, so I decided that I would um, put myself forward for like an operational manager managing a number of services but still close to maternity um, and just got the real buzz for it really and then I had a couple of children so uh, had maternity leave came back and went off again and then when I came back I thought actually clinical work would really fit my um, family life better at the time so came back um, to Salisbury and then again another operational job came up and I thought oh, I need to go for that again because there's just something there that I really love about operational work so Applied, got a secondment job into the clinical support division, which is where you are, Jane, um, and then got the substantive post. Um, And then COVID came along. And so the whole world of operations became a very different place at that time. Um, 
I was asked to um, go and support maternity with some challenges and some um, sort of transformational work that was required um, and then became the interim head of midwifery for a year. I loved the job, it was really challenging but it really cemented to me that my heart is in operational work and so as we appointed a new director of maternity I was then able to go back into the world of operations. We were fortunate, we were formed as a fourth division within the trust so they needed a, an operations director and that's me and that's who I am today. And for listeners who aren't in the NHS yeah. when we say operational some people yeah. might think that's like surgery but what, yeah. what is operational yep yeah. so it's a whole range of things really it can be day-to-day kind of sorting out problems challenges or firefighting really when when things don't go quite as expected um, through to managing budgets managing targets um, making sure that we we give the best care to all the people that come through the hospital dealing with our um, complaints and concerns and the compliments we get um, right the way through to uh, rotor coordination and, and, and helping helping really just deliver the best care to, to people in a non-clinical capacity. So Hannah, whether operational or in your clinical days, yeah. you've always worked in midwifery, maternity, in areas, those areas. Why, why, why those areas? What is it about that particular field? I think whatever you whatever you do within the world of maternity or midwifery, you just I suppose like anything in healthcare, you just want to give people the best experience that they can have. And um, I'm very passionate about um, making sure that women and families have the best experience on probably one of the most life changing and vulnerable parts of times of their life. You alluded there, I think, a little bit towards the end of of, of, of what you were saying that. There are some real challenges and can be in, in, in maternity particularly. What do you find most challenging and how do you how do you manage that? For me in my role and in the services we work in, there's a lot to do um, and there's a lot of um, variation in, in what's being asked to do. So we know that um, nationally maternity services is in the spotlight a lot with some of some trust going through quite challenging challenging times. So I think it's just a combination, really, of um, of trying to manage those challenges that can that can be so broad and not knowing really what what's next going to happen. You mentioned the challenges that the midwifery service has had nationally, and there's been a huge focus in the press, etc. And you work in the NHS, which we all know at times is um, tough, um, long hours not always um, valued as much as we'd like by people in the general public etc so why do you do it I I suppose I see myself on the other side of that as somebody who's used the services so I've had both my children at Salisbury and I've seen the clinical side of of that and and I suppose for all the challenges that there are um, for me the the kind of good and working with amazing people um, in a in a friendly great place to work outweighs those challenges and so uh, yeah you can see them as challenges but in a also in a positive way rather than a negative way I'm really interested Hannah you said you had your children here I were you a model patient oh, I was an absolute <laughs> nightmare <laughs> Absol- actually the first first one my son uh, it was a bit of a textbook I had a planned caesarean section, um, largely for my hip, actually, which we talked about at the beginning, and that was fine. Everything was lovely. And then with my daughter, 
from the minute I found out I was pregnant it was not easy and then I had quite a tough time and stayed in for quite a little while afterwards so yeah I was that typical midwife medical person generally having a baby we never do it particularly great no Jane's shaking her head no we don't I I think (laughs) most of my colleagues in the NHS have not been straightforward no no but it was it you know I knew the people most people here so it was lovely to have familiar people around me you were kind of a secret shopper then yeah I was did you make notes and say yeah you know you should think about doing this differently no I was just desperately clawing on to any minute of sleep I could get (laughs) and having the tea and toast that the great NHS provides the tea and toast so if we move on to Helen thinking about where you are now it's a very different journey to where you started Do do you want to explain your career to date yeah I can try guided I think by instinct and finding jobs that sounded like me rather than deliberate decision making. Um, So I came out of a biomedical sciences degree, which I'd only done because I didn't get into a medical course. Um, And I thought I would fast track onto a medical degree after doing that and decided I'd had enough of studying. (laughs) Um, So uh, after a summer job at the Science Museum, I picked up a graduate job in a lab, which I think was lucky because I was in that place that I imagine a lot of graduates are in where all jobs want a certain amount of experience, but unless you can get a job, you can't get any experience. That was a pharmaceutical lab looking at early research into asthma inhalers and how to make drug delivery to the lungs more efficient. So I learned a lot there. That was a really interesting job. I was a bench scientist. I left to do a PhD because I realised I wasn't going to progress in that industry without one. And three months into my PhD, I decided a PhD was not what I wanted to do at all. Uh, And so I was casting around for what to do next. And a job came up in London that, to be honest, from the description, I couldn't really tell what the job was doing at all. But I ticked all the boxes, so I applied for it. And it turned out to be a uh, job building and implementing and supporting healthcare workers in digital clinical decision support tools. So my team would take vast reams of healthcare guidelines and build I suppose kind of intelligent digital flowcharts and then if you take information about a patient which either the clinicians can fill in or you can pull it from um, an EPR if you've got one we can help to support decision making so we did some interesting projects did one in rural India so helping healthcare workers in remote villages there to look after pregnant women in fact because the antenatal care in rural areas of India was very patchy and they often had um, healthcare workers there who had a minimal amount of training so we took them iPads um, and built them systems that would help them look after pregnant women and help them identify where there were risks and help them look after those women and that was that was really interesting really successful and that took me up to a year ago, uh, during COVID, we moved down to Salisbury, which is where I'm from, really. And I decided that I wanted a job where I could be around colleagues a bit more often near a home. Um, and I knew that I wanted to stay close to the healthcare industry. A lot of my previous job had involved not just making these things, but spending a lot of time on wards, in surgeries, sitting alongside healthcare professionals, trying to work out how you can fit a digital workflow into what's a very hands-on practical job, how to make it easier for them, how to train them up in um, how to use it and make our systems useful for them. And I wanted to be closer to the action more often. 
but I didn't quite know how. And then the improvement practitioner job came up. And again, I wasn't really sure what the job was, but I, it sounded like me. So I applied. And again, here I am uh, a year and a half later, nearly, um, working with the coach house to train eventually the whole trust in the Improving Together programme and new ways of working. So what is it? an improvement practitioner if, if you were at a dinner party and someone said oh that's interesting what's that and, and why why that I've been asked that a few times and throughout my career I've always wished I had a job that could be summed up in one word <laughs> midwife nurse teacher uh, and I've, I've never had a job that's taken less than a, a long paragraph to explain but essentially I'm a coach I have become an expert in new ways of working around consistent processes around team communication, around um, helping teams to focus in on their priorities um, and work towards those. And I coach teams and train teams in what those techniques are and how they can start to put them into practice. What have you found most challenging about your role? I think it's no secret that this hospital and the NHS in general is in the most challenged place that possibly it's ever been and in particular in terms of its staffing so asking teams to then spend a portion of their time learning about these new things which hopefully in the long run will will help but it it requires us to be really sensitive about where a team is at what they can cope with what what a reasonable expectation is um, and how we help them move forward in a way that doesn't um, overload them even more than they are already. When you were growing up at school, what was the ambition at that point? My main motivator at school or when I left school was to do a university course that would lead me into a career. That's partly why I applied for something like medicine, because I knew I'd be a doctor at the end of it. I wouldn't come out of university thinking, oh, what on earth shall I do now? I wanted <laughs> it to be decided. And I really loved learning about biology, human body, all things medical related. And that's really what led me in that direction originally. So I think I've always known that I would like to be within the healthcare sector, or at least adjacent to it. So the original ambition was to go and be a doctor, be a medic. That didn't work out. And you went on to do a biomedical sciences degree. How did that feel? Because of course, I, I sense that there is that prestige about being a doctor and having a medical degree and then not doing it. How did that feel for you? Uh, yes, at the time that was really hard. Um, I was pretty academic at school and it was probably the first time I'd ever not achieved something that I'd set out to do. Uh, I applied to four medical schools, as you could, and I got interviewed at two of them and I got knocked back from both. So very much had to decide what to do next um, and for me that step was well I'll go the other way I'll do the next closest thing I'll do the biomedical sciences degree and I will then fast track into medicine after that but I think by the time I came out the other side of that biomedical sciences degree I'd clearly changed my mind about actually becoming a doctor at that time I think I was ready to get a job um, I think I was quite I was quite young for my age when I left school and at university I did a lot of growing up and maturing and um I think my mind had just changed at that point or I wasn't ready to do another 4 years or I couldn't afford to do another 4 years uh and um so I I got a job instead and 
as I discovered when I stopped doing that to do my PhD, once you have been earning a salary and getting to go home at 5pm and stop thinking about what you do uh, for your day job, it's really hard to go back into being a student again. Um, Hannah, you moved operations to clinical, clinical to operational. Which do you prefer? I prefer the operational aspect. I don't dislike midwifery and I would never say that I would never go back to that. So I'm always really, like I've kept my registration going, but um, I prefer the operational aspects most definitely, but I'm not, I'm not going to let my midwifery go at this moment. Why do you think that is? So I left school, went, you know, after A-levels, went to university to be a midwife. That's all I've ever, that's what I knew for, for a long time. And I suppose I see the operational aspect as being kind of an added on element to that mm. as opposed to replacing it. Whenever someone asks me what I do, I will tell them that I, am a, a, I work in operations in a way that they understand. But I would always back that up by uh, I'm a, my background is in midwifery. I'm a midwife. Why do you think there's a need for you to back that up? Is it? I think because it's because it's part of who I am. It's in my it's in my soul. It's in my heart. It's you know it's a, it's a lot of work to do when you leave school and go off to university and you come out with a professional qualification. I suppose you want to celebrate that. I think you know lots of health professionals do amazing jobs and and I'm one of those people. So I want to celebrate that. If you were asked to say what's the best thing I've done in my working life, what would that be? And equally, I suppose what would be the, the lowest point you've been in your working life? So high, high points um, absolutely sit within the world of um, midwifery. I've looked after lots of families and I'm still friends with a number of those, even kind of being godmother to some of their children over the years and actually going to a wedding in a couple of weeks' time of a, a, a baby that I delivered 22 Fantastic. years ago. Um <laughs> And and those relationships, it's such a special time that those relationships, whatever happens, I think you always have that bond with, with those people. And and I think just also um also looking after people actually that have, you know, have not had the outcomes that, that they expected, deserved. You do your absolute best to try and make a really difficult time the best it can be for them at that time. And again, still in contact with, with some of those families that, that had those tragic outcomes. And it's such a privilege, it's such an honour, and um, you can never underestimate that. And I suppose like side of that, from a challenging side of things, you know, it's really difficult when things don't go the way you expect them to go. You're, you know, it's extremely busy, you don't always feel like you can give people the the, the time that they need or the, the best time that they, they, they deserve. Um, and that does absolutely sit within the, the world of being a midwife and, and a clinical role for me. So you're both busy working in the NHS. Is there anything that you do outside of work to escape some of the, the pressures to sort of rebalance things? Um, Helen? For me, it's about spending time with friends. Um, part of the reason that we moved back down here is because I have family and friends much more in this part of the world than up near London. So we go to the gym together or we hang out, play games, go to the pub. Um, I'm a real people person, so... That's really how I recharge. And, and Hannah, what, what do you do in your spare time to get away from work? Very similar to Helen. My family and friends are obviously very important and um, I really try and make the best out of that time, really, have that quality time. Found a bit of a new love in cricket, actually. So mm. my son, um, he 
and my husband actually, but my son plays for our local team um, and actually starting to play at county level cricket. Wow. So I decided that have, I've done uh, safeguarding um, and welfare in previous roles as a midwife. So um, I've now become the welfare officer at our village club. And mm -hmm. so now spend probably three nights a week watching somebody play cricket <laughs> and the weekends. Um but actually, yeah, just found, kind of found a new passion for it. Have you, yeah. have you seen any of the England cricket matches? Not live, Not yes, live. but it's constantly on in our house, as you can imagine. I bet you have, Ian. You may detect a slightly northern <laughs> accent in my in no. my voice, and being a Yorkshireman, cricket is absolutely my thing. So I'm I'm really with you. I yeah. think I think it's a brilliant thing, and I think uh, I grew up with cricket, and I think it's fantastic that you're giving back to. Um, to the community to allow people to play cricket as well. It's yeah, brilliant. really important so. for the children and um, seeing girls cricket, you know, taking off more than ever as well. So it's great. Um, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your stories. Last question, if I may, which some may say is probably the most important one. What is your favourite cake and why, Hannah? My favourite cake... Um, Am I allowed to have a cross between two? Because yes, I course. love cake. Uh, carrot cake and uh, coffee cake. They're my two favourites. Okay. And at, why? At the, sa at the same time? Uh, sometimes. Been known. <laughs> um, why? Um, I love the flavour of a coffee cake, I have to say. And it has to have... And I think also the top of a carrot cake with the sort of frosting is what sells it to me. So, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. And Helen, your favourite cake and why? I also love cake. I think at the moment it's probably a red velvet because I just oh, learned yeah. how to bake them and I'm quite pleased with myself. Um, but I think the only cake I won't eat is probably a coffee cake because yeah. I don't like coffee. I'm so the same. Red velvet's my favourite. So as soon as you've learnt to bake one, maybe next time you could bring one. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you both. That's been fascinating. Thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you for having me as well. So thanks, Helen and Hannah. That was brilliant. And thank you to everyone who is listening to this episode of The Cake. What stuck out for you in that episode, Ian? What I thought really interesting was the passion that both Helen and Hannah showed for healthcare and their work in the healthcare area, but the different ways they've got to that. It was really interesting how Hannah, when you pushed, was still very much... Yes, I am a midwife. Despite her joy of being in the ops role, she still, you know, sees herself in that role. And I think that's really indicative of, of the passion for the job, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, completely. Right, Ian. Must be time for cake. Fancy a slice? Absolutely. Absolutely.